Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Ryan Huang joins me to unravel all the market action. Looking a little tired today, my friend. How are you? Yes, it is a busy week and I'm looking forward to next week's short work week. Actually, this week's going to be short, except I've got a morning show on Friday. Right, and I'm working (laughs) Friday as well. I think the other shows will have it. Well, they've got an early day off. Yeah, no short work week for us. But uh, yeah, enjoying the planning for the festivities, Ryan? Yeah, that's what's, uh, I think, uh, keeping me busy these days. Ah. Festivities and of course, the big one, Valentine's Day next Mm -hmm. Wednesday. I've got to figure out what to do. Dan, what should I do? No answer from the other side. (laughs) I have a nap, he's saying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, always a tough one every if year. If you're looking for a restaurant, there's a great Peruvian restaurant called Canchita. And for Valentine's Day onwards, they're planning a menu that blends Japanese food. I love Japanese food with Peruvian food. Ooh, fusion. So think Hokkaido scallops uh, with Peruvian sauces and Canchita, which is a kind of a nut. Uh, no, it's a kind of a corn, green corn, yellow corn. Wow, yeah. sounds very interesting. I'm going to check it out. I might try to replicate it at home to get away from the crowd and to save some money. You're welcome, Mrs. So, Wong. I actually videotaped ah, a ceviche, um, the chef putting nice. together ceviche, which I can share with you, Ryan Wong. And we begin this morning with corporate earnings. Three companies from three very different industries, fast food, cosmetics, travel, and a look at what their results could mean for the markets and the broader economy. Our three companies in focus this morning are the Indian airline Indigo, the beauty giant Estee Lauder and McDonald's. McDonald's, by the way, gave away Hello Kitty plush toys yesterday here in Singapore, but they were fully redeemed within one minute. Can you believe that? I don't know. Is that success or failure when a redemption is so quick? Yo, Hello Kitty's back again. Gosh, I remember <laughs> those days when we had glass windows shattering, queues and brawls in the queues. Those are the days and they are back again. Well, it really shows how popular Hello Kitty has been and has stood the test of time. Yeah, that's that's a really, really amazing brand. If we take a look at McDonald's global business, the fast food giant has recorded its first sales miss in nearly four years. It netted two billion US dollars, which is eight percent better than a year earlier. Ryan McDonald's business is growing, but not as fast as expected. So which areas of McDonald's business are underperforming? Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag here. So let's start with the not so good news. So a bit of weakness coming through from some of his Middle Eastern markets. And this is after what's been going on with the conflict in the Middle East. And this comes from boycotts, especially with its Israeli licensee offering discounts to soldiers. And this has been quite divisive in terms of leaving its customers what they want to do to support their own causes or values. And they've decided McDonald's is not for me in many Middle Eastern markets. And that's why sales is down in Mm. many of these majority Muslim populations. Um, This is where we are looking at weakness as well from the likes of Indonesia as well as Malaysia and also even in France seeing some impact. So not great news for the likes of McDonald's. Otherwise, they are seeing pretty encouraging numbers from the likes of China, Japan and most international markets. So on that front, it is quite encouraging and we are seeing in the US domestic same-store sales rising 
4.3%. That is helped by menu price hikes, which is actually quite interesting because the prior third quarter, Mm. it was a very different tune where we saw low-income consumers pulling back from their spending at McDonald's because of prices. Now it seems like they are willing to digest these higher prices. Yeah, and speaking of brand and brand association, McDonald's franchisees are locally owned, but the perception that McDonald's is an American company is hurting its business, as you can see with its uh, pullback in the Middle East and in certain countries here in Southeast Asia as well. Consumers are buying fewer Macs in Malaysia and Indonesia too. So what is your take on McDonald's business overall? Now, so far, it does look like it is doing pretty okay by and large. And it does keep its forecast for the coming year where it is no changes there expecting growth to continue so it's going to plan for more new locations worldwide 2,100 new locations all part of its strategy to expand and reach out to more customers so on that front it will spend about 2.5 to 2.7 billion dollars this year on KPAX so a lot of it going to US and international markets so I am seeing McDonald's being able to ride out the storm based on uh, what's been playing out and of course some of these encouraging sales numbers. McDonald's shares came under selling pressure following its earnings announcement. They fell 3.7% overnight. They are losing a bit more ground in after-hours trade. This is McDonald's largest one-day loss in more than 18 months. On top of that, the fast food giant says it expects macro challenges to continue through this year. Let's turn to the beauty industry now, where Estee Lauder's profits are being dragged down by plummeting sales at duty-free shops across Asia. The travel retail business, as it's known, used to account for about one-fifth of Estee Lauder's revenue, but this segment came to a halt during the pandemic. It still hasn't bounced back. Estee Lauder's share price surged overnight, though jumping 12% despite the company's disappointing performance. Why is that? Yeah, you mentioned travel sales. A lot of it comes through from Chinese travelers. That part of the population or the travel population has not been traveling as much. So it is still a bit sluggish on that front. So all in, you've got Estee Lauder seeing a bit of a share price jump despite weakness. And also on news, that is cutting jobs to the tune of 3,000 positions. But I suppose you would call it a makeover because it is, in some sense, right-sizing the ship, becoming more efficient. And we've seen it bear fruit from many of these tech companies becoming more efficient and maybe um, improving its margins or efficiency. So perhaps it could pay off, which I think is what investors are thinking with its share price jump. All right. So SC Lauder, not the only company announcing retrenchments this morning. The social media company Snap is laying off 10% of its workforce or about 500 employees. Let's turn to our third stock in focus this morning, and that is the Indian airline Indigo. How is it doing? All right. Indigo is a pretty interesting one because it is India's biggest airline and the Indian travel pie is growing larger and it has also managed to get a larger share. Not just because it grew, the pie grew larger, but mm. also snapping it up from other competitors. So it is really firing on many cylinders, so to speak. So profit for a fifth straight quarter. So a higher share of passenger traffic due 
is really driving these numbers. Net income rose 53% in the final quarter of 2023. And it has beaten estimates as well. So all in a pretty good quarter. Yeah, so Indigo's net income jumping by more than 50% in the last quarter of the year, meaning it netted 30 billion rupees or nearly half a billion dollars. Indigo is ramping up its capacity and analysts are raising their forecasts for the airline. Morgan Stanley is overweight on Indigo. So uh, Nuvama Institutional Equity is hiking its target price for Indigo by 30% as well. We're looking at three different pretty different companies this morning. Um, of course, I can tie it all up as usual, but what is your biggest takeaway from this latest batch of earnings? Yeah, it is, uh, I suppose, one that will be about momentum. And if you look at what happened to Indigo, which we just talked about, it has a 62% market share. That is the largest. And it's also snapping out even more market share from its competitors. So this is going to help it uh, pretty much stay dominant in the market and continue with its strong quarters to come. And if you look at what's also playing out for McDonald's, I suppose it's also about momentum in the sense that it can build on the momentum of the uh, price acceptance, so to speak, among some of its consumers. So this fourth quarter does suggest that consumers are starting to accept higher prices, at least in the U.S., stores. So I am going with McDonald's being able to create some momentum there. And Estee Lauder, mm. I suppose, is a case of turning things around where they've had to weather the slump in travel sales until things turn around. And in the meantime, they are restructuring with uh, with job cuts. So something that could help things on to go to return for Estee Lauder. Next up, I want to look at directed deals. Uh, this one from the US, and it involves one of NVIDIA's partners, Supermicro, which designs and builds computer service, storage systems, and other IT and cloud-related products. Well, Supermicro's share price has surged more than 600% over the past year, which is huge. And now one of its board members is trading the company's shares. His name is Fred Chan. Fred has been on Supermicro's board for three years. Uh, he's taking profits on Supermicro surge do you think or is Fred doubling down and buying more? Yeah, after a 600% surge is it too expensive? According to Fred Chan the answer is no he's going to buy more to the tune of $1.14 million wow. so that's about 2,000 shares of Supermicro at about $568 a piece so he is really putting his money where his mouth is a vote of confidence for Supermicro and I suppose it goes with how things have been on a bit of momentum. All things AI, and when it comes to AI, you've got to talk about NVIDIA, and they partner NVIDIA, so they are in the right crowd. Yeah, Supermicro's share prices surged more than 600%, right, last year. Let me put that in context for you. So Chan bought Supermicro shares last week at an average price of 500 68 US dollars. The stock has already risen to more than 680 US dollars, giving Chan a gain on paper of 20%. So what do you make of this? Do you think it's fair to say that Chan's purchase is another sign that yeah, these AI-related stocks are still leading the market? I suppose if you look at it in this window of maybe one or two years, you can see, hey, it's going up. But who knows when things will start to unwind? That's the big question. How far, how long more it can go? Mm. So if you've got 
no confidence that this can go on for quite some time, then hey, maybe this is for you. But a lot of metrics and indicators are calling it overbought already. So I suppose there is going to be a concern when there's any sign of an excuse for profit taking. That is when things will start to go down the slope. All right. I'd say AI is definitely still hot which is a great lead-in, you see, for our next segment on corporate news and a game of what's hot, what's not. Let's start with Palantir. All right, Palantir, for most folks who are familiar with it, they'll be familiar with how they do a lot of AI stuff, analytics, data analytics for companies and governments. Yeah. So a lot of spy agencies around the world use Palantir. And as they've been following the news, mm. a lot of spying stuff is going on around these days and they are in the right business. And among some of these customers come from the US. Mm. If you look at what's happening in the US, in fact, the number of customers there have increased. So it is looking at, uh, for example... 143 customers last year. It now has 221 US customers commercially. And if you look at the number of AI pilots it's been performing in the past year, it's at around 600. That's up from fewer than 100 just two years ago. So you are looking at a huge search for all things AI, large language models, Mm. analytics. So Palantir really riding this wave and revenue is up 20% for the latest fourth quarter. So good times for Palantir. Indeed, it's been rolling out its AI platform, AIP, and in a letter to shareholder, its CEO Alex Karp said that the demand for large language models in the US continues to be unrelenting. Palantir is definitely hot. They're up about 17% right now on the back of those strong fourth quarter earnings. Palantir released its earnings numbers after the closing bell. Uh, Let's take a look at another stock that could be riding the AI demand, Huawei. All right, Huawei is going to be not so hot for me. And it's around reports that they have had some headwinds with making more smartphones because they don't have the advanced chips for it. So they've had to slow down production of their premium Mate 60 phones because of these constraints. And this has forced them to, I suppose, cut back on how much they can sell. Um, They tried, apparently, to produce some of these advanced chips, but... Because of the production efficiency, the low yield on the production facilities, they have not been able to get as much out of the production as they could. So something they're facing some challenges with the advanced technology around AI chips. Yeah, because uh, Huawei is prioritizing AI, that is reportedly leading the mobile phone maker to put the brakes on the production of those phones, the premium Mate 60 phones. Huawei is also facing manufacturing constraints, so that's definitely a not hot in my book. Let's look at the pharmaceutical company now, Nova Nordisk. Alright, this is a name that will be familiar if you've been tracking weight loss drugs, which have been a big deal. The likes of Wegovi is pretty much struggling to meet demand in many markets. Mm. So they are now buying a drug maker called Catalent in an all-cash deal for $11.5 billion to expand their capacity to make more drugs such as these weight loss drugs. So I suppose it's a good way to expand the pipeline and this is going to be at a premium of 16.5% to Catalan's last trading price. 
Well, Catalan's shareholders like the news. Catalan shares finish up about 10% overnight. Look at demand for Nova Nordisk. Thanks to Wigovi and the diabetes shot, Ozempic. Uh, so hot. So much so, Nova Nordisk is now entering into that huge deal. 16 billion US dollar deal to increase its manufacturing capacity. Let's look at Boeing. All right, Boeing is not so hot. It's got more trouble with its planes. So the latest report finds that there have been more mistakes with how they made the 737 MAX jet uh, with how holes were drilled in the fuselage of the jet. So yet another mistake, bad optics, Mm. and maybe even more trouble for regulations. It's a tough one to get out of, Boeing. Um, Well, it's definitely not so hot. Definitely not. Boeing discovering yet another problem with its 737 MAX planes, or more accurately, one of its suppliers discovered the problem. Their portions of the plane's fuselage, which are improperly drilled, this discovery will likely delay the delivery of up to 50 planes. And it follows the Alaska Airlines blowout just last month. Boeing definitely not hot. U.S. Treasury yields, how are they doing? Yeah, it's up. Ah, up for a second day in a row. That. And this comes as investors continue to price in the expectations that the Fed won't cut rates so early. Mm. Uh, we were all looking at perhaps March, and then we had a couple of things playing out. Better than expected U.S. economic data. Fed Jet Jerome Powell come out to say, hey guys, it's not really likely to happen in March. So if you look at some of the data points, just overnight, we had the U.S services sector expanding at a faster than expected pace in January and growing for a 13th straight month. So that continues the conversation or the narrative that the US economy is chugging along pretty well. In fact, might be too well for some folks. So that likelihood of a rate cut pushed back even further, which is supportive of bond yields. U.S. Treasury yields are hot. They are up more than 20 basis points since Thursday as investors adjust their expectations about when the U.S. Federal Reserve will begin lowering interest rates. The yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury note is now trading at around 4.14%. Next, let's look at Keppel Infrastructure Trust. All right, Keppel Infrastructure Trust is buying Mm. An Australian bus company for $570.6 million. Wow. So a big chunk of cash mm-hmm. to buy up this infrastructure play. And it is to acquire a stake in Ventura Motors. And they will take a stake of 98.6%. This is the um, largest bus service business in the state of Victoria. And it is expected to support KIT's overall DPU accretion of 3.4%. Keppel Infrastructure Trust is buying a majority stake in an Australian bus company, Ventura Motors. As you heard, the purchase costing more than half a billion. But it is expected to lead to an increase in the trust distributions per unit. So that is always hot in my book. All right, our last word goes out to Mark Zuckerberg. Meta's founder enjoyed a $28 billion US dollar windfall Friday when Meta shares jumped 20%. But that's now why we're singling him out today. It's because of things that Zuckerberg likes to do, which are a potential risk to investors. So much so, the company has had to single out Zuckerberg's hobbies as a risk in its annual financial report. I don't think I've ever seen this in a financial report. Uh, What exactly is Zuckerberg doing that could be bad for meta investors, Ryan? Yeah, so he's been up to some dangerous stuff. Pretty much that's what the statement is saying, right? You have to be aware of 
some of the risk factors surrounding the company. And that involves your key management guys, uh-huh. the CEO and some of the other management folks as well. So the statement says, Mr. Zuckerberg and certain other members of management participate in various high-risk activities such as combat sports, mm. extreme sports and recreational aviation which carry the risk of serious injury and death. I suppose it's fair warning for investors, hey, your CEO might end up in the hospital because of his hobbies. So that's something you need to note of, take note of. Yeah. Uh, it is also quite telling of how integral Mark Zuckerberg is to the fortunes of Meta. So perhaps a bit of a one-man risk as well when it comes to having no succession planning clearly communicated to investors enough that's going to be something they might want to think about. But yeah, what's the most dangerous thing you've been up to, Michelle? MMA, I have to say. And I've never seen MMA flagged as a risk in a financial oh, report. All right. <laughs> I suppose he is really important to Meta. He really is. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg and certain other members of management, they participate in various high-risk activities, MMA, one of them, recreational aviation, uh, that carry the risk of serious injury and death. That's what Meta wrote in a filing with US regulators. One extreme sport that Zuckerberg has not engaged in yet is that cage fight, remember, with Tesla CEO Elon Musk? Remember that? The two billionaires were taunting each other in social media? That hasn't panned out. Yeah, fingers crossed um, Donald Trump will enter the ring as well one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay to watch that. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Thank you so much for joining us Thanks, here Michelle. on Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.